in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm looking live at some uh, courtyard in San Francisco, United States Marines, waiting for President Xi and Joe Biden to show up. I'm very uncomfortable with this arrangement, very uncomfortable indeed. Uh, Joe is not thinking primarily about America. He's got to manage his own affairs and all those entanglements with China that President Xi knows about. And uh, I know about some of them. You know about some of them. Just go into the Hunter Biden laptop. President Xi knows that and probably a thousand times more. I really believe we're in a situation where uh, he has completely compromised our president. You want proof of that? Just go back to the China balloon. And uh, he let the damn thing fly over America. He uh, said publicly that he wouldn't even think to bother President Xi about it because it was no big deal. Remember during the campaign, he's yelling and uh, bragging about how well he knows President Xi. And we flew 57,000 million miles together and and all that stuff. You know why he was doing that? It makes no sense, really. I expect world leaders to know each other. Why would he do that? He did that because he was, well, looking for future clients. You want to get, you want to do business in China, and that's a hot place to do business. Go through Hunter because then you see Hunter. Another key to that is Joe Biden and Hunter. Look at the pictures of those guys together. The Google um, Joe Biden Hunter photography, and they actually went to um, a studio. And, you know, when you went to Sears as a kid or, right, you know, we, we all know what those pictures look like. Straightforward, smiling with family or, you know, whatever. Uh, Joe hired some weird art photographer and they had them embrace. It's one thing to hug your dad or hug your mom, but a full, like, you know, bear hug embrace. And Joe is kissing. I mean, smooching. I mean, like face fully pressed against Hunter Biden's face. Why would anybody do that? Uh, normal families don't do that, and it's not a normal family. The thing is, he's trying to convey, you see, I'm unusually close to Hunter, and if you want to do business over there, I'm the guy, but you can go to Hunter, and it's like going to the guy. It's the same thing as coming to me. Red Apple Audio Network listeners, it's time to make a real impact. Did you know that hunger is a harsh reality for many in our communities? You have the power to make a difference. Join us in the fight against hunger by donating to our Feed the Needy campaign. Your generosity can turn empty stomachs into full hearts. Isn't that beautiful? Every contribution, big or small, brings us one step closer to a hungry, free community. You could also say hunger-free. That's probably better. Let's come together and create a ripple of change. Visit our website at redappleaudionetwork.com slash feed the needy. Okay. Redappleaudionetwork.com slash feed the needy and be the hero someone's been waiting for. That's redappleaudionetwork.com slash feed the needy. Donate today and be the change. Now, one of my heroes in Congress is this guy, Clay Higgins. Just an amazing lawmaker from Louisiana. And uh, I think he was a successful businessman, you know, but not like a billionaire, just a guy who wanted to 
change a few things in his community. And man, has he been good on the FBI. He knows a, he knows a corrupt organization when he can see one. And um, everybody should see it at this point, but he's not afraid to go after the director about really fundamental uh, problems there. Uh, this happened just a little while ago. Go ahead. With his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents into the crowd on January 6th? If you are asking whether the the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying no. No. You're saying no. Not violence orchestrated by FBI sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. Well, it's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a vehicle that's, that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th. 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are Chairman. painted completely white. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. Just run over the time. I understand, but you'll recall that Ms. Jackson Lee's been allowed to go two minutes before. I've been very fair in letting people finish their questioning throughout my tenure as chairman, and I'll continue to be fair on that regard. But I will make a note to the members, if you could stay as close within your time as possible, we have a lot of people that want to ask these gentlemen questions. So with that, the gentleman yields. But uh, your your point, I've been very fair in this, Mr. Ivey, uh, with everybody on this side of the aisle just as much. I don't think I accuse you of being unfair, Get back to Higgins. Uh, You're you're making a point. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I now recognize. Now recognize, Mr. May Gray. I close this, this statement? Uh, Mr. No, no I, I think I think your time is expired, Mr. I note that that other members across the aisle have been been granted time, and I object well, to my to my question being, well, being closed. This is a very significant hearing, Mr. Chairman, and these buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters. You, and you deployed you, onto our capital on January 6th. Yeah. Your day is coming, Major, Mr. Ray. Mr. Uh, Higgins. Your day is coming, Mr. Ray. You know, may not have been able to score all that much in the way of points, but the stage is being set. And you may have heard or you may have sensed that Ray was all indignant. The idea that our agents orchestrated the violence, well, that wasn't the question. Were you there? You could have done more to stop the violence. You see? Now, Clay Higgins, Republican of Louisiana, he's the first one, and he did it about a year and a half ago. He informed me, and I learned it publicly. He asked Director Ray, and he did it again today, were there agents and or FBI informants inside the Capitol on January 6th before the crowd arrived, waiting for them to arrive? They were pre-deployed. Imagine that, FBI assets inside the Capitol, hours before anything happened. And they're dressed in MAGA hats and MAGA shirts, right, waiting because they know that something's going to go on. Now, why would they infiltrate the crowd like that? How about trying to stop the violence? How about just calling the police? Hey, we need more guys. Hey, there's a mob coming here. Let's uh, let's stop it. Why not do that? Why were they infiltrating that crowd and collecting intelligence and collecting data? 
Because they wanted them to go into the Capitol, I have no doubt. They wanted this to happen, to tarnish MAGA and to tarnish any effort to um, question or pursue legitimate questions of election fraud. Now, we're allowed to do that. There is a provision in the Constitution and in the statute, the Electoral Count Act of 1887. They wanted to delegitimize those totally legitimate inquiries. And Director Ray, that man is right. Your day is coming. Now, what is going to happen after Trump wins is he's going to resign and run. He's going to run away. And he, you know what? He should know what the hell ghost buses are. He's not in law enforcement. You see, you have too many of these guys. They become prisoners uh, or captive of the agency, right? You may think, oh, wow, that's very impressive. He's the FBI director. Well, he's one of the least qualified people to be FBI director. He's never been an FBI agent. So there's FBI agents come in and they tell him stuff. He can't. He All he can do is sit back and like, okay, yeah. Uh, he can every now and then point out, I think that might be illegal. Uh, I think we're in questionable territory. But he does not know what it's like. This is what made my dad one of the many things that made him a great commissioner. He had served every single position in that department um, and knew it inside and out. Nobody could get anything by him. You know what I mean? And you picture somebody from the outside, you know, just coming in. Okay, you're the commissioner there. Like, what? All right, you're the uh, you're the FBI director. Okay, what? You know, imagine making me the uh, the editor of New Yorker magazine. You know, uh, what? I don't <laughs> just I, I, yeah, I just it's not going to work. You know, you have no experience. I have no experience in magazine writing, although I could probably get by. What's a better example? Making me the executive of uh, of an oil and gas company. I don't know anything about that stuff, and I just have to rely on everybody and hope they're telling me the truth. And um, he's not really in charge, and that's a that's a, we don't have leadership there. And to the extent we do, Strock and Page, everybody, Strock and Page. Remember those names. Every time you feel sorry for the FBI, oh, they're getting a bad rap. Just remember Strock and Page. They tried to sabotage and take away your vote in the 2016 election. Trump's not going to win, is he? No, don't worry. We're going to stop it. We're going to stop it. The nerve of those people. Hey, there's something else. I want to thank Douglas Murray. You've seen Douglas Murray on, on, on Fox, right? He has embedded himself. I've been embedded, by the way, during the Iraq war. Well, he is over there with Israeli troops. And he writes very beautifully. The world's eyes are on the Shifa hospital in Gaza. And yesterday I got the closest any Western journalist has gotten yet to it. On one hour's notice, the IDF yesterday morning gave permission for a small number of journalists to go into Gaza with its forces to see the full scale of the war that Israel is waging against the terrorists of Hamas. We entered through the same part of the fence that the Hamas terrorists broke through on the morning of October 7th to carry out their massacres. Today, this opening is one of the routes that the Israeli military is pouring through as it continues its relentless assault on the terrorist group. Well, it's not relentless enough, all these timeouts and stuff like that. I want them to be a bit more relentless. Almost as soon as we got into Gaza, we came across evidence of the intense fighting that has been going on in recent days. One of the first villages we came to had almost been almost destroyed in the fighting. But the Israelis had just found something interesting here. It was one of the entrances to the vast underground tunnel network that Hamas has spent years constructing beneath Gaza. Each of these entrances connects to the vast underground tunnel network in which Hamas is hiding. The Israelis also believe that it is the tunnel system beneath our feet that the 240 Israelis kidnapped 
are likely being held. Many of these tunnel entrances are booby-trapped by Hamas. Several Israeli soldiers were killed just a few days ago trying to open one such entrance. Yesterday, as we were there, the IDF showed that it is taking no chances. Several detonation experts carefully winched a large amount of dynamite down through the entrance to the tunnel, and after getting us to stand behind a nearby destroyed building, they blew it up. And it's like just going with this guy and going down into those tunnels. You imagine they're keeping women and children down there as well. Women and children in these tunnels. And there are people out there protesting, pretending that it is okay to target women and children. They did it right off the bat. October 7th. Never forget. God bless Israel. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The resurfacing of white supremacy has been just an extraordinary phenomenon in the past few years. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. We are living in a nation that is actually full of racism and white supremacy. Oh, they're telling ghost stories about America. That is not true. Nobody believes in white supremacy. Those who do, there are about five of them somewhere in the country. Most are in jail, all right? When they break the law, they should be sent to jail. Uh, but white, suppress- white supremacy is not a thing. You know, it is a thing, a real thing that affects real lives, you, me, the price of everything. Uh, auto theft. Auto theft is uh, back big time. I read an article about 10 years ago, and it basically said, Nobody steals cars anymore. Okay, it, it, it's done because of the technology, whatever. We uh, Nobody steals cars. Uh, now they're stealing cars again, big time. And one of the things they're going after, what do you call them, the catalytic converter. What does that actually do? The catalytic, the big story in the paper. And guess what they're doing? They steal the car. They try to get the catalytic converter out of there. Am I saying it right way? The catalytic converter. And you know what they do with the stolen ones? They send them to the recycling plant. They said, seems like a very environmental thing to do. They sent it to the recycling plant. Now, a lot of the recyclers, the whole kind of industry, and a lot of people need the metal that's in these things, uh, very expensive metals. Let's see here. They've got uh, – what's in this stuff? It's um, cobalt and uh, steel. That doesn't seem very uh, – what else we got here? Um, uh, fancy stuff. Mm. Platinum, palladium, rhodium. Those are three of the Earth's rarest, most expensive metals. 
and vital components in the millions of catalytic converters that reduce polluting emissions from gasoline-powered vehicles, the Times says. Um, so that stuff is valuable. People steal them, and they give them to the recycling companies, and the recycling companies and, and others in the industry do not ask too many questions. They just uh, they know it's stolen, but uh, they just kind of look the other way. Uh, this green earth stuff, hmm, I wonder if that's... Um, no, it's, it's a racket. It's a criminal racket, the whole damn thing. I am looking at President Biden with President Xi right now at a great big long table, and it's video. Is anybody speaking? Can we turn this up, please? Yeah, it's all on all the channels here. And uh, it might be mumbling. I don't know if it's good. We've got the Chinese guys on one side, the American guys on the other. And, man, President Xi is so much smarter than our guy. Uh, some of this might be in Chinese, but go ahead and pump up the volume when you can. Pump it up. Nope. This discussion, and I welcome you, and the floor is yours, Mr. President. And again, welcome back. Now it's President Xi's turn. I'm just glad I know the president's name of China, President Xi, X-I. Mr. President, good morning. Coming here... I thought of, I think of your trip to China when I was the vice president of China. We had a meeting. It was 12 years ago. I still remember our interactions very vividly. And it always gives me a lot of thoughts. Last time we met in Bali, you said it was a year and a day ago. A lot has happened since then. The world has emerged from the COVID pandemic, but is still under its tremendous impacts. The global economy is recovering, but its momentum remains sluggish. Industrial and supply chains are still under the threat of interruption, and protectionism is rising. Yeah, thanks to you guys. Thanks to you guys and the COVID. It's your fault. China-U.S. relationship, which is the most important bilateral relationship in the world, should be perceived and envisioned in a broad context of of the accelerating global transformations unseen in a century. It should develop in a way that benefits our two peoples and fulfills our responsibility for human progress. Ex- global transformation. China what? The U.S. relationship has never been smooth sailing over the past 50 years or more, and it always faces problems of one kind or another. All right. He sounds like he's about to get edgy. I'll keep an eye on this. Uh, oh, they're about to kick the cameras out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, wow. Looking at a huge shootout in Houston. Houston, Texas. 
a, a carjacking, and then there's a wipeout, and then uh, cops are shooting at somebody, and somebody is shooting back at them, and some guy, let's see here, uh, some guy takes out his cell phone and starts recording, and he, one of the officers is shot, and the guy with the cell phone pulls the officer to safety as bullets are flying all over the place. Now, it turns out the guy who saved the officer who pulled him away, again, the officer gets shot. It's a big gun battle, and he sees the officer go down, and this man, his name is John Lally, L-A-L-L-Y. Turns out he has a long criminal record, uh, but he helps the cop. Looks like he's turned his life around. Before this, he's a, he's a businessman now, and he owns a T-shirt company. John Lally, L-A-L-L-Y. Really uh, compelling video. It looks like uh, it looks like war, and the the highway is totally deserted. But but for the men who were involved in the gunfight, that's just wild. All right. The other thing is they had Chris Christie. You know, Chris Christie is feeling his oats. He is uh, doing what is he in third place now in New Hampshire? Granted, he's fifty points behind Trump, but it looks like he's it's uh, who is it? It's Trump, Nikki Haley, and Christie. Uh, old Ron DeSantis continues to crash and burn. And it should not be a surprise to anybody. You know, Ron, uh, can I say this now? Roger Stone told me years ago that uh, Ron DeSantis is not good. <laughs> I'm like, really? Everybody talks about him like he's great. It's like, nope, nope, nope. He doesn't know anything. And he's not good at politics. And he, uh, he's not really, he doesn't like people. He's in the wrong business. I'm like, I, 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 gee, I got to differ with you there. Everybody raves about him. And nope, of course, he was right. He had met the guy, spent plenty of time with him, knows him up close. Ron DeSantis, this is what a catastrophic mistake. You know, these politicians, these uh, and those who love politicians, the donor class, right? Don't they ever learn? Go back to Jeb Bush. I did meet Jeb Bush, actually, at an event here in New York. And I was kind of excited to meet him because at the time, this is like 2014, and he was widely expected that he was going to run for president. And, oh, I'm going to meet Jeb Bush. And he just was like this sunken, weird shell of a man. Had no time, no no inch. Actually, I'm not, he wasn't rude or anything like that. He was just so bored. He was bored by life. He had seen it all. He had done it all. He kind of seemed to resent that he had to go through the things you have to go through to be president. And that's attending events in New York and raising money and all that stuff. It was somehow beneath him. And he just didn't seem to be into it. I, I came away with a really negative feeling. I mean, not that he was a mean guy. He wasn't rude or anything like that. But I thought he had no political skill. And um, and one of the things about Jeb Bush, kind of like, well, yeah, Jeb Bush, you know, he used to be kind of roly-poly. And then he lost all the weight. And then he lost his mojo. you got to be careful about that. Uh, too many people, they get so into the what's on the surface. you got to take care of your health. But... He got carried away. Martin, hello. Hello. Are you there? I'm here. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let me tell you, uh, Bill O'Reilly, about, uh, I think it was last Thursday, he review, interviewed a guy named Ben Stein. Yeah, I know Ben Stein about his new book. It's called uh, The Peacemaker, about Richard Nixon. What about it? Yeah, I've read it. I heartily recommend it to you. I already have it. Oh, you have it? Well, yeah, I talked it, to Ben Stein last night. Oh, you spoke to him? Yep. It's a tremendous book. It really... All right, what's so, what's so special about it? Because I haven't read it yet. It just lays out 
you read it, it'll take you a couple of hours. Yeah, it's pretty small. It's, it's small in page length, but it, the content is tremendous. All right. Well, look, I like Ben Stein a lot. I like Nixon a lot. I had a nice talk with him last night, and he told me a few things that I didn't know. Uh, like, number one, the, the fake news writes all the time that Richard Nixon had a big hang-up about not having gone to an Ivy League school. He told me that's not true. Number one, Nixon, and I knew this, was smart enough to get into Harvard. In fact, he did get into Harvard. He was admitted to Harvard, uh, but it was only a tuition scholarship. He needed room and board. He never got a room and board scholarship, so he went to Whittier College instead, small college in California. The other thing he said, uh, I don't remember. Uh, all right, you got to give me one tangible thing from this book that you came away with. Well, it just reinforces uh, that until President Trump, he was the best president we Jews ever had. Ah, yeah, that's right. He said, uh, you know, Nixon said a lot of arguably anti-Semitic things behind closed doors, but people have overreacted to it. You know, it's like, unfortunately, whatever the country club culture at the time, they, they engaged in that kind of talk. It wasn't nice. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't politically correct. But it happened, and a lot of people talked about ethnic. I hear it from old-timers all the time, quite frankly. You know, they talk about the Italians and the Irish, like there's a really a difference. I don't see much of a difference, but whatever. He was so good to Israel and uh, basically went to war for Israel, right, and uh, supported Israel. And uh, so, yeah, that was, a, I, that was a big reminder. And all right, so we all got to get the book by Ben Stein, great American economist. Uh, he's written like 30 books, uh you may remember him also from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's called The Peacemaker, and Ben Stein knew Richard Nixon. Uh, well, he actually worked for Richard Nixon. He was in the administration. He's actually in the room when Nixon made that great big farewell speech. You can see the camera uh, pan over to Ben Stein, and there he is, 28 years old, chewing gum, by the way. <laughs> He's chewing gum while the president's giving a speech, but that's okay. Martin, thank you. Thank you for reminding us and reminding me. Uh, that is a good book. Ooh. It's Barbara's turn. Barbara, people are writing articles about you and me. I love it. I love it. Your calling into this show has become a thing. Well, and that article was by someone who obviously is a great admirer of yours and of your work. It's wonderful. Well, wonderful vice thing. versa, vice versa. And where is he from again? The uh, What's it called? TheIndependentSentinel.com. We love the Independent Sentinel. Dot com And uh, thank you, uh, Independent Sentinel, for the kind words. Beautiful. IndependentSentinel.com. So uh, tell me more. And, and well-deserved. Your show last night where you showed the clip of the boy being beaten to death, not only did you show the clip, but you put a segment around it that was so powerful and so meaningful from many different directions. Uh, I was so happy to see that. That, that was so so impactful. Oh, mm. my gosh. And and then this morning I wake up and I look at my phone and I see that the Daily Wire has released this document, this glossary of DEI from the National Security Agency. And it just emphasizes what I was talking about yesterday, comparing the Tower of Babel to the Babel that we have created in our own country with these ridiculous, illogical unscientific, meaningless terms, and we try to have conversations with them. Well, apparently the most powerful agency in the world, the National Security Agency, is very determined that their people should all be woke. 
I won't call it woke. They should all be babbling now because they published this 34 pages of 327 terms that deal with DEI, that deal with transgender, that deal with the the failings of our founders and all the white supremacy. And and by the way, if you're not gay or trans, according to their glossary, you have heterosexual privilege. This is absurd. Representative Walsh from Florida looked at this and he said, it is shocking at the level of indoctrination within one of our most powerful military agencies. The National Security Agency, a lot of people don't know it. They know the CIA, they know the FBI, but they don't know the NSA. It, for a long time, was super secret and super capable, uh, headquartered in Fort Meade, Maryland. I actually used to work not far from it, and uh, you couldn't get near it. It was so well protected. This kind of document, and I'm looking right here where they talk about white fragility, white privilege, white supremacy. Uh, This document right here is a threat to national security. Because you take up the time, the bandwidth, the energy of these people who have so many better things to do, we are once again, you know, I thought that the war on Israel would have been a wake-up call for our own intelligence agencies. We don't have the luxury in engaging in this nonsense. It is so foolish. Thank you. Anybody can go to the dailywire.com. Barbara, once again, uh, it's a great, you know, you're so well-read, you're so on top of it. And going through this, uh, and thank goodness for Congressman Waltz. He is a way of uh, you know, getting to the bottom of this stuff and turning it off. Barbara, we appreciate it. And let me just see here. Yeah, trans. Now, I'm going through it. Do we know? Has this already been adopted? Sometimes these documents leak, and it's a proposed document. It's, uh, you know, some contractor has designed it, but it's not available yet. What do we know? published May 6th of 2022 and it's not confidential but it was never released and it was not supposed to be out unless it was officially released so how the Daily Wire got a hold of it I don't know but it sounds like this has been there you know for over a year now and has not been rescinded well we don't know though if it's in wide uh, circulation right we don't know that we don't know we hope not we hope not we We we, we hope not. Yeah. And why should it even exist, Greg? When I started to think, who within this agency was authorized to write this blankety-blank? Well, who was authorized to spend all the time necessary to write this, to get it approved, and to, to get it published even within the agency? You know who did it? You know who could have done it? A, 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 a little obscure official known as Joe Biden. Okay, I'm looking at the very first day he's in office. He writes... He signs an executive order on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government. And it is a top like they're going to they're going through this yeah, equity. This is the document. This is the order. What we're reading now, the, the pronouns, the trans uh, this, the uh, white fragility. Right. This stems from a, an executive order. And it's every agency is mentioned, like everybody, no one's exempt. Everybody has got to undertake this. And it was one of the very first things he did. Boy, oh, boy, this is a threat to national security. And so is Joe Biden. He must be defeated in November, although I think they're going to get rid of him earlier than that. He's going to be forced to resign, certainly not be the nominee. Barbara, thank you so much. And thank you to that website. We'll be right back.
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, once again, we uh, thank the people at St. John the Baptist Church, uh, the firefighters, Uniform Firefighters Association, let's see, uh, Officers Association, uh, the AARP, everybody who came out to help with the turkey uh, situation uh, at St. John the Baptist Church. Absolutely beautiful. Red Apple Audio Network listeners, it's time to make a real impact. Did you know that hunger is a harsh reality for many in our communities? You have the power to make a difference. Join us in the fight against hunger by donating to our Feed the Needy campaign. Your generosity can turn empty stomachs into full hearts. That's so beautiful. Every contribution, big or small, brings us one step closer to a hunger-free community. Let's come together and create a ripple of change. Visit our website, redappleaudionetwork.com slash feed the needy and be a hero to someone. Uh, and they've been waiting for it, by the way. That's redappleaudionetwork.com slash feed the needy. Donate today and be the change. Don't just talk about it. Be the change. That's uh that's a privilege, by the way. Very we we all feel remarkably grateful um, to be in a position to help out and, and John and Margot Katsimatidis, they make it all happen for so many people. All right, we're almost out of showtime. Uh we are expecting a press conference tonight, seven fifteen. Joe Biden, hopefully he doesn't look. I don't want the guy to, you know, blow it in front of uh, the president of China. It's bad enough that the president of China has all this dirt on him, right? Um, publicly, I hope he gets through that press conference uh, unscathed. I mean, I'll be silently somewhat pleased on some level if he blows it. I will be. I'm sorry. It's a human trait. I don't like him. He shouldn't be the president. Um, in so many ways, he, he well, he lied, he cheated, he stole to be the president, and uh, it just doesn't feel right. It's not mm, – and, you know, I think they're regretting it because if Donald Trump had been reelected, they would have just sabotaged his administration just like they did the first time. They would have continued with that. And at this point, Donald Trump would be uh, less than a year from being a lame duck. He'd be a lame duck right now. Uh, instead, they made the Trump phenomenon. They've expanded it, right? It will go from 2020, 2015 <laughs> All the way to almost 2030. That's a huge chunk of time dominated by one man. They try to take him out. They've only made him stronger. I have to go in a minute. So, uh, Jeff, hello. Hey, Greg, thanks. Uh, quickly, you hit something on the head. That's why I called. The uh, the red hats, they were a different shade. I noticed that right out of the gate. But you said it, so I called up. I what red hats? What, did, what are you talking about? Hats, when you watch the first front line of people walking up to the Capitol, look at the color of the Trump hats they're wearing. They are of a different shade. They're like a brighter, flarish type of hat rather than the regular red Trump hats that we have. I noticed that straight out of the gate. I thought it was with the TV. I looked at it again. No, they, were, they didn't have the shade right. They wanted to make sure that those hats kind of stood out a little more. I'm a firm believer in that, and I stand by it. Yeah, no, they, you might be honest like something. I, I haven't noticed that. I'm going to look for it. That's a, that's a very interesting observation. Tell me more. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. Yeah. And since they were there and they had people inside, well, you know, let these guys had it. it we, can't, we can't do that. It just gets confusing. There's too many words. But we're, we're playing into their uh, strategically uh, advancement of they try to bombard us in every direction. And we have to swallow this stuff every day. And if it wasn't for you and your constituents, you know, because I don't watch the news anymore. I can't. 
I let a little bit of Scotto in the morning. She's great and she'll flick around, but I'm done. And then it's ABC because uh, you're lost. You can't get real news. You well, just can't get. Nobody wants to say anything anymore. But you don't, don't have to worry it. about it. You don't. You can get to the, to the truth. You can get government documents. You don't need the media because the media will distort anything. They always have, by the way. There's never really been a golden age of media. They're worse now than ever before, but they've always been pretty crummy. Uh, but there's a way to bypass all of it and just get direct source information. You can read the actual reports. You can find them online. You can read the Mueller report, understand that it's a fraud. You can read the um, Durham report, understand that that's the truth. You can. You don't need the media to summarize stuff and give you their spin on it. Jeff, thank you. I'm going to look for that thing about the hats. Uh, put the decorations up with your little ones. I will. Uh, we haven't done that yet, but thank you. Uh, when are we going to do that? We got to get right after Thanksgiving or just before. We will do it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. I look forward to that. Because they're old enough now to know, you know, they're old enough. Uh, stew, Stewie. Hey, Greg, you've been watching to say about Turkey. We'll have the FBI demanding a cell phone. Uh, Greg, we, I didn't disparage. Uh, Tur- I didn't disparage Turkey. I mean, I didn't. Uh, you just mean, I mean, what did I say about Turkey? You're talking about uh, the turkeys that were handed out. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. And Eric Adams. OK, uh, tell me more. Uh if there were anyone with any guts left in this country, we'd issue an ultimatum through uh, the Chinese uh, officials who were here to Iran, telling them they have exactly 24 hours to arrange the release of all the hostages before we impose a naval blockade of the Persian Gulf and systematically take out every oil storage facility they have, starting with Carg Island. The only solution to every problem in this world is oil and the other solution isn't necessarily the way we're going about it Mm. we set the russians back 10 years in 1982 by creating the biggest non-nuclear explosion ever on this planet and you know what not a single person died if you're interested in pursuing that and reading how we actually did that get a hold of something or google the farewell dossier, chapter and verse. It will explain how we did it. All right, farewell way. dossier. We'll check it out. Very interesting observation. Farewell dossier, and biggest non-explosion, non-nuclear explosion. Hmm. Uh, thank you for that. And let's do uh, finally. Uh, let's see here, uh, Alex. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking my call, Greg. Uh, I just want to say that China is no worse of an enemy of the West than India is. India in June of this year. Hey, we love India. Lay off India. We got a much better, much cozier relationship with India than China. But what's your beef with India? India committed an assassination in June of this year in Canada, and the FBI has warned several Americans that they may be the target of the next assassination. Who do they kill? Um, it was uh, actually an Indian American in Canada. He was considered as somebody that the Indian government did not like. The Indian government basically did the same thing that the Taiwanese government did in 1984. They assassinated a Taiwanese American because they didn't like his political views. Hey, listen, you know what? The whole world is full of killers. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not yeah. such a it's a, not such a nice guy place. You know, America, believe it or not, had people killed for a long time. Technically, that's illegal right now. You know, so I, I look, I love India. I've been to India and uh, I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to I don't want to say anything bad about India. I just love India. Uh, hey, I love China. I love the Chinese people. I hate the Communist Party. 
I love Mr. Modi. Doesn't he run things in India? Yes, he does. Yeah, he's a great guy. I don't think he did anything unwarranted, or if he did, I'm sure there was a reason. Anyway, I'll look into it, Alex, and thank you all.